5: We are off and running on a holiday Monday. Tim Murray and Dieter Kurtenbach from the San Jose Mercury News and KNBR. We are the tallest <laughs> radio slash television show in the history, not including a NBA player. I am I'm pretty yeah, confident in saying that. I think that we can beat some of these sixty-year-old NBA players on the hardwood, too. I don't know. I mean we could, you know, we could get grumpy and just say that, you know, our team would beat current NBA teams, because yes. that happened today. Yes. Uh, Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces says Bill uh, Bill Lambeer came out and said, no doubt about it, they yep. could beat the Lakers. Sure. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what this show's about. Dieter, appreciate <laughs> you coming into town, uh, as you'll be with us the next uh, handful of days. we got NBA action, a whole lot of... Um, It's just, it's unbelievable when you think about, and we'll dive more into this here as the show goes on, but where we were on Friday, thinking Clippers are, I wouldn't know if we said Clippers were done, but Uh, we weren't feeling great. No one was feeling great about the Clippers. Right. Uh, even though I did have the Clippers on the money line, and when they started down 30 to 11, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm, gonna hate, action. I'm gonna hate myself again <laughs> for betting the Clippers. Uh, but now they're in control of that series, Absolutely. massive series favorites, as you see on the screen right there. And then the elephant in the room that is the Lakers Sun series, which was done, it was over. Minus
3: 900, Dieter, and now the Suns are the, the series favorites. It, it is fascinating, and obviously you look at what the Clippers did. They waited until the last possible second to engage in that series. The most entitled team that's never won anything, <laughs> the Los Angeles yeah, Clippers. I'm going to like
5: working with you. Yeah, exactly. I've been saying that for a year and a half. I,
3: I still don't know if that series is entirely over because if Luka can come back, if Luka can look better than he looked in the last game, There's still a chance. If Luka can play at a Luka level, they still have a chance, the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't know if the Clippers are going to want to keep this level of just engagement up. Kawhi Leonard is playing out of his gourd. You got Mm -hmm. Paul George actually engaging in the playoffs. You got Ty Lue making good plays in terms of his substitutions and rotations. Does it stay? If it stays, this team is back in title contention. If it doesn't, well, they could very well lose to Dallas. And as for the Lakers, I wish it was more complicated than if Anthony Davis plays, they have a chance, and if he doesn't, well, there's a lot more to break down there. Yeah, and we'll get into that, and and and
5: all of the ways you can go about it. And and today, when that first series price came out, Dieter, I said, "Whoa, they're they're an underdog," yep. and then it kept climbing and climbing <laughs> and climbing. Right. Uh, but as for the game at hand right now, Memphis and Utah midway through the first quarter, uh, I did take a little. I had something. I, I I was a loser today. Um, you know, we don't all win our bets. Uh, I took team total over on the Sixers, and you know, props to the Wizards. I guess um, my why my my, why? my hometown team. Uh, sure, <laughs> you know, it's the it's the classic gentleman sweep. Joel Embiid, by the way, got hurt right in the first quarter, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but I, I felt okay. They had sixty-one at the break, and then they got nineteen in the third quarter. 122-114, the Sixers win. So if you were able uh, to take the dog on the money line, that's a nice little return on an investment. As the, as you were saying, uh, how are you defining this game? By the way, you could have got it here. Uh, actually, you could have got it at the South Point, plus 335. So Dieter, when you checked in, you should have said, give me the Wizards on the money
3: line and come on over here to Circa, but plus 335. It was an incredibly unprofessional performance from the Washington Wizards. <laughs> no rightful professional goes into that game and says, let's win. Let's try to win this game number four. <laughs> Go to Cancun. Get out of here. Why are you extending the series? Now Joel Embiid is out. I might have to put something on the Wizards for game five.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, he just took a real hard fall. They said knee soreness, but it looked more it's towards hip. hip, coccyx area. I mean, whatever it was. It's they won't...
3: Joel Embiid.
5: I mean, it, it could be anything. They won't Joel. play until uh, until Wednesday night, but... That game will be back in Philadelphia. Uh, but Utah up three here on Memphis, and uh, they are minus one and a half in the first quarter. Uh, this is a series that has been incredibly high-scoring, Dieter. Yep. All three games have gone to the over, so I did take a little bit on the over at 225 here. So we'll see if uh, if this is a high-scoring affair this evening down in Memphis as we hit a media timeout. Oh, no, not a media timeout, but 19-16. Uh, Uh, The Utah Jazz leading the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's get this show uh, bumping on a Monday here on VEASAN. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, wrapping up your Memorial Day weekend. That's Dieter Kurtenbach. At Dieter, great Twitter handle. Appreciate that. Worked hard for it. Just simple. Just your first name. I am at one Tim Murray because there's a lot of us out there, (laughs) unfortunately, as I see Dylan Brooks throw down a hammer dunk. The crowd... um, yeah. And Memphis has been has been really impressive. It is it's been enjoyable to see all these crowds and I know some of them are doing stupid things. Yes. Stop being morons. <laughs> Seriously. You're Stop being more Yeah, you're ruining it for all yeah. of us. We want to be back. We want to be having fun. Stop being idiots. Uh but it is uh, it's great to see smart crowds. Uh you know, being lively, but 21-18 uh, to 18 right now is the score. Jazz and Memphis Grizzlies. Just taking a look quickly at the box score. Jonas Valanciunas uh, six points as you take a look at his uh, over-under for tonight. Six and a half. Mm. Uh, 12 and a half on the boards. He's got a couple of those to this point. Rudy Gobert, no points, no rebounds. Uh, and looking out on the floor, he is uh, not on the floor at this point in time. Uh, just one foul. So unlucky doesn't look he's in, in foul trouble. Donovan Mitchell, though, six points early. Uh, that's positive there. If you took a, 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 a bite at the Mitchell over and then Ja Morant at four points, his now the same. That has been climbing, Dieter, all throughout the yeah. series, and now he's evened up with uh, with Donovan Mitchell.
3: The thing that strikes me most about Ja Morant is how clever he is for a younger player. I know he spent a little bit more time in college than, than our average young NBA star, but he, he's been so impressive throughout these playoffs and even at the end of the regular season and just sort of adapting to the new world order that is the NBA playoffs. And uh, I would expect him to continue to get better and better as these playoffs go along. That's natural for any young player, but he just seems to have an uncanniness to pick up what the other team has thrown at him and kind of adjust to that. Not a lot of guys can do that. I would say that Donovan Mitchell doesn't really even do that. So uh, I'm looking for big things from John Morant, not just in this game, but as this series continues.
5: And when he becomes you know, down the road however many years, as you, as you can tell, Dieter, teams don't want to mess around with no. guarding him they they want to oh, hey, if you're going to shoot on us, shoot on us. And as that three-point shot gets a little bit better, it's just going to make him more lethal as a, as a big-time player in this league. He's already got the craftiness, and he's got a little bit of that moxie. He's tried to dunk on Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert a couple of times, mm-hmm. which eh, probably wasn't the wisest no, I,
3: thing to do. I greatly appreciate it. This is an entertainment <laughs> product, and this guy is constantly trying to put people in coffins. That's what we're about here. I don't know if we can get a line on it, but I am very much for it. And during the game, it is uh, this is a fascinating series because obviously Utah has the advantages, but Memphis is so familiar with kind of what it is that Utah does. It's not a lot of glitz or glamour to the Utah game, and Memphis is just they just sling rocks, man. Mm -hmm. They they are
5: well, and you saw it firsthand in, in Golden State, and you know nobody in the world. Outside of, you know, contrarians <laughs> like myself. I didn't think they'd folks, win. Folks in Tennessee. Look, I took, I took the points in the play in, yes. I don't know if we were calling it the finale or for the eight guy. I don't know. What was the
3: official name? Whatever it was. It, the, the game didn't exist according to the NBA stat book. So let's roll with that. That is true. It <laughs> just existed in basketball purgatory. Jason Tatum had 50 against the Wizards.
5: Then he had 50 against the Nets. And it was like, oh, first time he's had 50 in the playoffs. I'm like, wait, what? I just saw it. Yeah, I, I, he but, did that like a couple of days ago. But to your, you, I mean taking on golden state and slinging rocks i think is is a, is a good way to put yep. it because they just didn't care and this is a team that you go back however many, what 10 15 years ago that yeah. this, that that grittiness oh, i i know six, that seven, yeah. that that's that's overutilized right but those tony allen teams 100%. they just they don't get free agents they have to right. home grow it and this team is I don't know if they'll ever be a title contender, but they're going
3: to be a pain in your no- you-know-what for years to come. Well, it, it, it's a two-sided situation, right? I don't want to say two-sided sword. I wanna, don't want to get my uh, my weapons mixed up here <laughs> with... but. When you have Ja, and he can change the pace of the game as a point guard, and I know that's somewhat of a prerequisite to being a really good point guard in this league, but he does it at such a high level. But then you get a guy who's nicknamed Slow mo on the team. You got a guy in Dylan Brooks who you can live by Dylan Brooks, you can die by Dylan Brooks. And Valanchunas is out there. He's not really going to mix anything up. He's just going to go out and put out a really solid performance. This is a team that kind of has one type of smoke but that isn't a very very effective type of smoke if you're a team that kind of fades in big moments or if you're a team that doesn't really know what its identity is Utah I would say is neither of those but that said it's a really good matchup between these two teams because they're both predicated on depth. And uh, I, I've liked what I've seen. I'd actually like to see a little bit more from Memphis in the first couple of games of this series. Interested to see what they do here tonight and what they do for the rest of the series because I think we're both in agreement. This one's going seven,
5: uh, or I, not? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think I. I, I don't. Know. I think Memphis gets another. I don't know if this is going seven.
3: I wow. would love to see it go. You think seven I, 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 tonight? So it's, it has to happen tonight for you. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And it's not well. They're up by one, so yeah. It could be looking worse. All right. So I like. I like
5: that. I, I, I'm not opposed to more more first-round series. We had a Game 7 tonight, uh, as most people... Wow, Boston tied up in the Islanders. Look at that. Man, that's surprising. Um, Yeah, by the way, uh, the Canadiens are going on to the second round as they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, They were plus 270 pre-series. I believe not the biggest underdog. Mm. Uh, I want to say that was um, the Blues, who got dismantled by the Avs. But I want to say it was second-longest odds uh, and the Canadians get it done. They come from three-one down. They win uh, tonight. They win three-to-one over the Maple Leafs. And there, uh, I saw a tweet on Twitter mm. that was pretty. That uh, was pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> who did it come from? Uh, it came from at not the Thrashers. Ah. the Atlanta Thrashers and the Maple Leafs have advanced to the second round the oh same goodness. number of
3: times since 04. That's 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 savage, man. Rough. So, are we counting the Winnipeg Jets, who are? The former Atlanta Thrashers, because no. they are also in the second round.
5: Yeah, there you go. At Winnipeg and Montreal, get excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, yesterday afternoon we started the show with it, Dieter. Mm-hmm. Watching Lakers and uh, watching Lakers and Suns, fifty-four to fifty going into the break, and right, you know, what, fifteen seconds before halftime, you yeah. see AD go down. I don't think that really computed with a lot of people because. He got back up. He was he was limping around, but he got back up. And and A D, to be honest, he, he He's on the floor a lot. He, he yes, he he That's like his thing. Yeah, it is. It's like two or three times again. It's like in uh it's in wedding crashes it's like your brother, he's hurt again. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's what happens with A D. Yes. But I don't think people fully recognize I don't I didn't, um, the magnitude of what the injury was because everybody mm. was firing on the Lakers second half. Right. Everybody, I think it was minus three last night. Uh, they were down, it was minus seven for the second half, okay. minus three for the game, yeah. down four at the break, and it was just, it was go time. You know, because thinking back to Thursday night, which was, that ended the series. Yes. AD had 34, yep. LeBron smiling, doing post moves on, <laughs> on, on Jay Crowder. Right. It, it
3: just felt like, oh, here we go. This well, what, is... what was the number you said? What? Minus 900.
5: Yeah, minus 900 as a series. Yeah, that's
3: over. after Game, that's game over. over. And I
5: was, I mean, I wasn't counting my chickens, but I was pretty happy with my, you know, my play of the series, which was they lose game one. I think we, Most of us predicted a similar situation. They just had beaten Golden State last year in the bubble, deater, yep. They lose to Portland. They lose to Houston game one. Then they run off. So it was okay. We let them lose game one, maybe bet a little bit on the Suns. I had them in the first half, and then we go in on the series price. And then boom, boom, wins game two and three, game, set, match. Yep. Now AD is hurt. They are the underdogs in the series at plus, depending on where you look, right. it got as high as plus 175, but you know, for our graphic pers- purposes, plus 135 at Bet MGM, mm-hmm. 148 at DraftKings. Uh, what do you, how do you look at this series now? Because yeah. Chris Paul... Looked like Chris Paul yesterday, 18-9. Mm-hmm. and nine. That's what we wanted to see. A guy that might be first-team All-NBA. At worst, second-team All-NBA, Dieter. Yep. So now we're going to Phoenix on Tuesday night. AD, questionable. Probably
3: not going to play. If he does, very ineffective. Right. How do you see this series now playing out? It's interesting. I think there's value on the Lakers here, if I'm being totally honest. I, how many times have we seen it over the years? LeBron just say... Everybody get out of the way, and I'm going to do my thing as the point guard. And I don't know if the Lakers have the shooters, but if KCP comes back, that helps. Which is expected to be back. Right. And I've loved what I've seen from Caruso. You play Marc Gasol a little bit more, you can kind of get away with a little bit of spacing. When you have Anthony Davis and you're playing him so often at power forward, you don't have spacing. But you also have Anthony Davis. So it doesn't really matter all that much. So I wouldn't like to see Andre Drummond from here on out. Now, I would like to think that Frank Vogel will be smart enough to realize, okay, we just got to go old school LeBron here. We just have to go with LeBron for 36 minutes, running point guard, five-out offense, and then, in those minutes where LeBron's not on the floor, because you must rest him. He is a very old man, yeah. from what I hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you go with Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. And that is actually the more interesting matchup to me. Who, Montrez Harrell, by the way, played all of five minutes right. on
5: Sunday. So that would be, and that's the thing, Dieter, with this series. And you, who cover the NBA, yeah. they don't know what their... Well, they're still trying to figure things out. Yes, the eight games that they had in the bubble last year was their time to figure things out. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that this year because AD and well, more, and more Lebron, specifically, well, LeBron yeah. didn't play until the final what two games of the regular season. And he's kind of hobbled
3: the entire right. time,
5: right? So they're still trying to figure out what their best lineup is, and that's why we see games where Andre Drummond plays yeah. exceptional, and then you see Marcus Shaw come in and he was you know out there quite a bit. So I,
3: I don't know. I mean, Ben Lacklemore played 16 minutes last night. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, That's, you don't want that. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's tricky because I, I so adhere to the notion. And we see it now with the Nets. Don't worry too much about the regular season. When you have the talent, it will come through in the playoffs. But the regular season exists for a reason. Like, you have to work through some stuff. You have to know what your rotations are. You at least have to develop, you know, to, to use a pitching metaphor, something other than your fastball. And the Lakers didn't get really to work through any of this stuff. And uh, the personnel is significantly different than it was last year in the bubble. They can't just go back to certain lineups that got them through in that series. They, they got completely different centers. They got a completely different second unit. It's, uh, it's tricky goings. At the same time, if you put the ball in LeBron's hands and you say, we need one from you, big fella, I'm not betting against that. Is that, so my question to that would be,
5: is that tomorrow? It has to be. Well, I mean... We could go old school, 2012, and that was Game Six in Boston, backs right. against the wall, where he—I mean—that may be the greatest game I've ever. well it's incredible. Against Golden State, Game One, which is the anniversary today, right? Hey now,
3: the uh, congratulations, the, the J.R. Smith. Uh, yeah.
5: I mean, that game might have been the greatest game he's ever played.
3: Fifty-plus points. I've been—I've been too fortunate to see too many great games that he ultimately lost to the Golden right. State Warriors. That would go down as all-time classics. It, he's done it. I mean, I've just seen it a million times right. before. I don't know if it's still in him. We have to be honest about that. I he don't tried. Know He tried to get there.
5: He tried to get to that level yesterday in the second half. You could kind of see it a little bit. Right.
3: And that's why I think it will be kind of this will be the engaging moment. But it has to be this game, right? Because if you wait for it to come in, you know, oh, we're backs against the wall. This is an elimination game. It might not be there. Right. It might not be there. In which case, then you got to figure out if you can bring in Anthony Davis, what he can give you. If Anthony Davis can go out there and never touch the post, if he can just work as a jump shooter much better jump shooter than a lot of guys on that lakers team at least he could space the floor a little bit better for lebron he can give you a little bit of interior defense but their lineups are, are so confusing and they, i don't know what their identity is on this team ultimately whenever a lebron team gets into a situation like this we don't know what we are our backs are against the wall to a certain degree it's just give the ball to lebron and let him do brilliant crazy genius basketball thing. So I, I think that's what has to happen. They don't have any alternative.
5: Yeah, and, and to your point about AD, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, he had 34 in Game 2, 34 mm-hmm. in Game 3, and he was the reason, you know, and that's why there was such a push, and we talked about it on Friday's show, about if you're betting MVP for the NBA Finals, which yeah. you can, yeah. AD was a great bet because he was way down on the odds because LeBron was up there, right. and he just looked at how the team was playing out. Now, you need that LeBron game, to your point, and... It is, they need a massive game from either KCP yep. or, you know, Wes Matthews, somebody who can spot up because everybody's going to collapse mm-hmm. on LeBron and he's going to have to do what he's capable of doing at some times, but he, he is so great at facilitating You know, look, the pass that he made to Ben McLemore where he had three defenders, he's in the air. It was a terrible basketball play unless you're LeBron James he goes behind the back. Um, So there's going to be opportunities for shooters to make plays. Tomorrow, they're getting five. Mm. LeBron is getting five. I mean, outside of a game against the Golden State Warriors when they were the peak of their powers, I don't don't know the last time LeBron in the postseason was getting that many points.
3: And and a couple of things, too. If they do go with the LeBron point guard five out sort of classic Cavs LeBron situation, there's something to the fact that DeAndre Ayton might be the best player on the floor for the Phoenix Suns in this series. Well, he might get neutralized by that. He might not be able to be as effective if they're just going to run pick and roll every single play. Is he going to drop coverage? Does he try to switch on everything? Jay Crowder was getting cooked by LeBron. Do you want to isolate that even more? And Chris Paul, who has been absolutely fantastic, and honestly, if he can get healthier... I I like the Suns more and more throughout the Western Conference because of his mid-range shooting ability on top of that of Devin Booker's and because that team likes to get open three-point looks and they have a little bit of rim protection. They got all the ingredients, but he's one fall away. Mm -hmm. He's one Anthony Davis trip up away from also being on the sidelines. And if Chris Paul is out, I don't want any part of the Phoenix Suns. So I, I just, again, feel like there's value here in the Lakers. And maybe I come out looking like a moron, but ultimately LeBron James in a situation where he has to get it done. I know I know he knows how to get it done. Well, and that's the thing too,
5: to your point. I mean, we saw it earlier today when I was checking the app here at Circa, it was minus one it was plus one eleven for the for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Got bet all the way up to plus 175. Now it's back down to plus 150. So there, there, was, a, there was clearly a buy point. Well, we got a buy back on the Lakers right. because it is still LeBron James. They're a five-point dog here in game five. Uh, but there would be a favorite in game six, more than likely, especially if AD is out there, let's say, at 85%. Mm. And then who knows what he's going to be. If, you got, if we get to a game seven, Dieter, and he's 95%, they're a road favorite. No question. They're a road favorite. So at plus 175, that's where I think the intrigue is. Because it's not a 3 2 series, it's 2 no. 2 right now. Second quarter just underway in Memphis. We'll get you updated who covered in that first quarter. And overtime hockey. Yes, again, the New York Islanders couldn't take care of business. But uh, looks like maybe they have just. Uh, no, that was a highlight. So I was, uh, <laughs> I was a little confused looking up. It's the nightcap here on Visa. Here on the nightcap, live from the Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Dieter Curtenbach, Tim Murray with you, and getting you updated on uh, just a handful of games. Being that it is a holiday Monday, we've had a lot of baseball games earlier today, a couple going on, trickling out, uh, and uh, a light NBA slate this evening, uh, this, today, I should say, with uh, Washington pulling the upset over Philadelphia, 122 114. Should I be shaking in my boots? right now for
3: my Philadelphia Eastern Conference future? Well, it depends on what the injury report says, right? That is very true. I don't think it has much to do with the Washington Wizards, who, again, completely unprofessional performance. <laughs> why would you Why would you want to win 3-0? It's one thing if it's a 2-0 series or something. They're never going to win this series, but, you know, I guess they have professional pride or whatever. Uh, the Embiid thing is big because, you know, we, the the kind of... Big picture conversation. We're, we'll talk more about Bucks and Nets here probably yep. in a little bit, but who can actually beat the Nets? I mean, no one can stop them offensively, but who has maybe a little bit of the defensive personnel and who can actually give them something that they can't reckon with themselves on the defensive end? I, I don't know if I'm buying the Bucks, but I was starting to feel the Sixers a little bit. If Joel Embiid is not at 100%, that puts a big dent in that and, and kinda gives the the Nets a bit more of a cakewalk if they can get past the Bucks.
5: Yeah, and that series is gonna be tremendous. We saw one, I think, early line, I want to say points bet had the Bucks yeah. around minus one eighty. I thought it'd be in the two hundred, minus two hundred range, mm. but I think that just shows you how well the Bucks have been playing and um, and that and that's been a team that has I feel like for the most part been overlooked because of Absolutely. their pre the previous Postseason failures, but Drew Holiday wasn't on the previous two teams. <laughs> right, you know. Yep. I mean, that's a him over Eric Bledsoe is a massive upgrade. Uh, the loss of of Delaware Jordan, aka Dante Divincenzo, is is not. It's it's not an after. It, it is a significant loss. It's not yes. detriment. It's not dire straits. Right. It's not losing AD. Right. But it's it's a starter. It's a, it's a guy. It's a strong defender too that you can throw out there. On to just get
3: in the way of James Harden or, or Kyrie? Well, it'll be interesting in that series, and we presume that the series will happen because we presume the Nets will take care of business, but you're going to get a lot of Giannis and Kevin Durant, and I think both of them are going to play the five a lot in that series, which is just exciting as a basketball fan getting that high level of play at the center position from like two you know, small forwards, right. being totally honest. But when you have a backcourt of Kyrie Irving and James Harden Okay, you got to throw two great bodies at him. Drew Holiday is obviously a great defender. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about one of those guys to whatever degree you don't have to worry about Kyrie Irving or James Harden that day. But is Chris Middleton going to be guarding the other guy? I mean, DiVincenzo spent a lot of time on James Harden in the regular season, that one game that they played. And if nothing else, he's pesky. Not yeah. having him is big. It yeah.
5: really is. It is going uh, to be big, and we'll certainly hit on that series as we continue to go. And I'm sure we'll, we'll pop in a couple more throats as the show goes on. Uh, but right now, 41-38 Utah leading Memphis. And just taking a look at the uh, first quarter uh, numbers, the Utah Jazz do get the first quarter cover uh, they were a one and a half point first quarter favorite, and uh, they 're able to take care of business there down in Memphis as the uh, end of the first quarter was thirty four thirty one and you go well over the total which is which i 'll take at at two twenty five and a half is where I played this one over and we 've got a forty one thirty eight game right now just looking at some of the props um, no one going crazy yet for Utah. Donovan Mitchell has six points. A bench actually playing well. Yes. Sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. He's got seven. Derek Favors has six. Uh, then you look at uh, the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson almost to his over on his player prop. He already has 12 points, a couple of threes. And Dylan Brooks, who has eight points, uh, he is, uh, he's, is on his way as he just finished uh, another one at the rim there. So he's got 10 points in his over-under tonight, 20 and a half.
3: I like what I've seen from Jackson in this series. I'm just kind of curious as to what Taylor Jenkins is doing with Valanchunas and him on the floor at the same time. It's pretty clear that Jenkins wants to have Valanchunas on the floor with Gobert, and I get that. That makes sense. But Jackson isn't really getting utilized all that much as the second five, he's really being used as a four. I don't really like his jump shot that much. I say that as he's, you know, five for ten from the floor, two for six from three tonight. <laughs> two for six from three stands to my point. At the same time, like, he, this is a guy with the athleticism. They can push the pace a little bit on Utah. They can get Utah a little bit uncomfortable. I really like Jaron Jackson in the series. I've been a big Jaron Jackson guy for a while. Maybe this is the breakout game for him, but uh, I haven't seen any, any difference in rotations. So I'm, I'm still a little bit concerned about what Memphis is doing here. And stop me if you've heard this before. Guess what we have? Overtime hockey. The
5: Islanders were up 3-1 in the third period. Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand on the power play overtime in Boston with the Bruins up 1-0 in that series. Julio Jones, where could he land up? There's been a move in the market. We'll discuss it next right here on the Nightcap. NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VSIN hockey expert Andy McDeal is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VSIN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on vsin.com and our daily members only. Best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in this playoff season. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at vcin.com backslash subscribe. We've got overtime in Boston, 3-3, to two goals in the third period for the Bruins as they lead that series one game to none. And we have the Canadians moving on and Jordan Clarkson burying a three as the Utah Jazz have a four-point lead right now with six and change to go in the second half. I got the over. No action
3: from uh, no. Dieter Kurtenbach. No, no, no. When you're on a plane in the morning, you take the day off. That's <laughs> that's just the rule. You're
5: gonna come in with like 15 <sighs> tickets tomorrow to spread them out on the table. Like this is what I got together. Yeah. This is what I got. Um, so Dieter hanging out for the next uh, three days. So looking forward to that. Uh, we'll talk to Kyle Goon, mm-hmm. uh, Lakers beat reporter for the uh, Osh, uh, the Orange County Register. He will join us in uh, in 10 minutes. We'll get the latest on Anthony Davis. The likelihood of him playing on Tuesday, or the likelihood of him being back on Wednesday. So we'll get his thoughts here uh, in just a little bit. Let's throw in a little football, because we talked about it a little bit last week, and the team that made a move up the odds board was the Los Angeles Rams for Julio Jones. And now the latest is the Seattle Seahawks are very much in the discussion. These are Friday's odds, Mm. Dieter, 40 to one, and now wipe to today, (laughs) and these are global odds. So, uh, and the Seahawks are at plus 150. A lot of it is, we don't know. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Let me just, let me ask you, being out in the Bay Area.
3: Yeah. 49ers? I don't mind the value there at 10 to one. We know Kyle Shanahan thinks that Julio Jones is a football god. There's a lot of people who think that, but Kyle Shanahan has seen it firsthand. The Niners, you could argue, have a need at wide receiver. The issue there, and it's not as big of an issue for the Niners as it is for other teams. In fact, other teams that have much shorter odds here, uh, is that it's going to be a cap issue for them. Mm -hmm. They can very easily do it if they want to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. But they don't want to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. Not right now. You have a rookie quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo will give up that job in due time. Through injury or bad play one or the other maybe that's at the end of the year maybe that's in week three but trey lance will start at some point and then you move on from jimmy garoppolo the issue is it's very difficult to move around the kind of money in the fake salary cap game that everyone loves to play and get julio jones in while having jimmy garoppolo so while i'm sure kyle shanahan loves it they also don't have very many draft picks for getting trey lance and uh, i'm just not sure that they can move around enough money to make it happen. At the same time, I'm not sure the Seahawks can either. I'm not sure any of these teams can. That's a lot of coin for a team to take on. Julio Jones wants to play for a winner. You know, Atlanta doesn't want to hold on to any of that money, and they want to get back some draft, some actual draft capital. It's going to be really hard to find them a spot. I like the 49ers at 10-1, to 1, again, because Kyle Shanahan might just push it through. They seem to be all in. I kind of like the Raiders at plus 900, too.
5: The uh, There were a couple tweets. Diana Rossini from ESPN has been reporting on this quite a bit. Last week, late last week, here was a series of tweets from Diana Rossini. The Atlanta Falcons have discussed several trade offers for Julio Jones, including an offer for a future first-round pick per sources. There is a sense around the league a trade could go down as early as next week, meaning this week. As we watch this still last week, Titans players fiercely recruit Julio Jones on social media, yada, yada, yada. I mean, they can recruit all they want. Dieter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, my question is, if a future first round pick
3: was offered, why is this deal not done? It probably had to do with some money shifting right. around, right? Like how Atlanta much are the Falcons going to gonna take on? on. Yeah. yeah. And the entire thing is the only reason Atlanta wants to trade Julio Jones is because of the financial burden. Oh, they're in salary they have. cap hell right now. They can't even sign their draft picks. They're right. in such bad salary cap. Yeah. The New Orleans Saints are looking at the Atlanta Falcons and saying, man, I don't know what you guys did, but you mismanaged that cap. Uh at the same time, Atlanta doesn't really have to do anything. But tomorrow, we'll kind of shift the winds a little bit with the June 1st dates. Uh, it, it, it is tricky. There is no clear-cut favorite, though. It's really interesting to see Seattle up there. I can appreciate why Seattle would be interested. I can appreciate why there would be conversations there. Seattle doesn't hold on to draft picks. Atlanta wants to get them as far away from Atlanta as possible. There's a lot of reasons to think Julio Jones to Seattle can work. At the same time, again, is there a team that you're looking at here and saying that would make sense? I'm not seeing anything that, that appears obvious, even just from a gut reaction.
5: I mean, the Ravens would make sense, mm. but do they have the money? I mean, I, I, I tried to do a little bit of salary cap, you know, jujitsu yesterday right. or, you know, last week. And, and the team that jumped at me, and they're not on the, the global odds that we showed, but they were on the DraftKings odds that we showed on Friday, was the Cleveland Browns. Yes. That team would be intriguing, right? Their their win now situation. They have cap space now. Yes, not next year. It <laughs> no. is. It gets really tricky. But if you're in the now and you think about Odell Beckham mm-hmm. and and that those weapons with Baker Mayfield, I, I could see the Browns saying, you know what, let's do it. We, we've got stability here. Let's go for it this year. Um, so that team made some interest that that didn't make some sense to me, you know, looking at it last week. Uh but it, it's really hard as you mentioned with with the salary cap situation, you know, for San Francisco going back to them, yeah. you know, said 10 to 1. I saw a uh just a, a proposed, you know, trade out there because they don't have a first round pick. Right. And the thought was, well Brandon Ayuk was a first round pick last
3: year. Yeah.
5: Brandon Ayuk and a third for julio jones but then you get into the salary cap situation in that instance and it all comes down to two: is what did arthur smith think of brandon iuk pre-draft 2020 did he like him yeah because there were some teams that probably weren't as high as the, the 49ers were on him certainly his ultimate durability issues would the 49ers do a deal like that Ayuk and a third for julio jones well
3: it's interesting because you bring up what Julio's going to cost next year, too, and the the issue in terms of the financial flexibility moving forward. Let's not forget Julio Jones barely played last year, Mm -hmm. and it's not as if he's a spring chicken in this league anymore. Brandon Ayuk represents cheap production for the 49ers. They're paying a lot of guys. They're paying guys on the defensive end. They're going to give Fred Warner a new contract. George Kittle is the highest-paid tight end in the history of the NFL. You're still paying Garoppolo. You have Lance, so you will get some flexibility here moving forward. But they're paying a lot of guys. I mean, Eric Armstead's going to make $20 million next year. So the, the idea of giving up a player who is of quality in Brandon Ayuk, yeah, he gets banged up a little bit. But they really like him in that offense. Giving him up uh, for a guy like Julio Jones, I don't think that they'd be too keen on that. They really liked how that hit. Now, Debo Samuel, there might be a conversation there.
5: All right. We will keep our eyes on Julio Jones June 1st. Things get a little more interesting around the league. Also, that guy in Green Bay, that that might affect him as well. Anthony Davis, will we see him tomorrow night? We'll find out next right here on the Nightcap. It is the Nightcap here on VEASAN. Dieter Kurtenbach to my left, Tim Murray. And uh, let's bring in Kyle Goon. I am not anywhere. I'm just I'm just sitting in this seat to my right. To his right. Thank you. I am uh, I am sitting right here. But let's bring <laughs> in uh, Kyle Goon, who does a fine job covering the uh, Los Angeles Lakers for the Orange County Register. And let's bring him in. And uh, Kyle, let's start with the obvious. Uh, what do we know about AD? Obviously, it's the hamstring. But do we anticipate seeing him tomorrow night in Phoenix?
1: So it, it, it's actually the groin. It's the left groin, um, which is a very, you know, finicky area. It just affects a lot of lateral movement. It affects ex- explosion. And when you think about the kinds of plays that Anthony Davis makes for the Lakers, I mean, one thing that makes him so good is, is he's such a great, um, reactionary athlete and is able to kind of jump passing lanes and he's able to fuel the transition game and he, he's able to kind of Maneuver his way to the basket and, and get shots no one can touch. So, losing some of your athleticism to that injury is is just a, a, obviously a red flag. Um, and he didn't look especially, um, you know, 100% yesterday when he was playing on a, a left knee sprain already. And so this is obviously same side, different area. Um, so, so it it's not a great prognosis in the middle of what is now a dead even playoff series i would not expect to see him tomorrow um especially with just groin being um notoriously tricky to to deal with
3: kyle if anthony davis can't go obviously that changes everything for the lakers and puts a lot more onus on lebron james to kind of look like the old lebron the cavaliers lebron the miami heat lebron we know what lebron we're talking about here is he physically capable of still getting to that level or does he not have any choice but to get there
1: yeah i mean i think i think the the signs were there i don't know if he can do that um you know for for 40 some odd minutes um but you know we saw him obviously that that uh down the lob off the backboard to him for the sky high dunk um he had a great spin move against cam johnson that just left him guarding nothing uh that was kind of a classic lebron move those are in the first half um so I'm. I'm not sure if LeBron can turn the athleticism up all the way all the time. I think that's really the question. Um, I think if you're if you're asking what the Lakers are going to look like, I think they're going to look a little more like a classic <gasps> LeBron team. Um, I think they're going to um, just give give uh, looks from you know three. Um, he's going to have to create the action. Um, something that he's still pretty capable of doing. Um, he but he's just got to drive a little more and, and really test. That right ankle. So I, I'm not sure we can see it quite turned up to 11, so to speak, um, all, for all 48 minutes of a game. But I definitely think he's capable of, of picking his moments.
3: If they go that route, if they go with that classic LeBron pick and roll, sort of the five-out thing, do the Lakers have the shooters to kind of make the Suns pay for having to guard him on the perimeter? Can they force the Suns to be honest on defense with the guys? Because that has not been a strong suit of them all year.
1: Um, it hasn't been a strong suit and it's actually been even worse in the theory. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, I think the Lakers pick the view, there's nowhere to go up, but up, I mean, they're they are 29% shooting three-point team. Uh, the only team that's been worse are the Wizards um, in in the postseason. Um, so yeah, <laughs> a lot of room to improve. And, and, and if you look at the guys who really need to make the shot, um, I mean, we're talking about guys who have been scorers in this league have been Microwave scores in this league: Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroder. Um, these are the guys who who really need make threes. Alex Caruso can a couple. That's great. Guys who can play both ways and they they've been expending their legs on defense really well in this series and and kept the Suns to I mean basically a hundred points or less in, in almost all the games. Um, and so that so that part has been good, but it's just been where's where's the other side of it? So I, I think going in with the mission of, hey, we need you to get buckets, we need to be aggressive. Um, some of those guys that they're counting on have a history of being aggressive scorers in the league. Um, it's just a matter of finding, finding the legs to kind of perform both ways.
5: Chad, once again with Kyle Goon, Orange County Register, Lakers beat reporter. Kyle, you mentioned KCP. We did not see him due to knee injury on Sunday. Do you expect to see him tomorrow night?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, KCP's been a pretty durable player. Um, he, he had a stretch where he played something like 160 games in a row. Um, so, yeah, that, that was um, I, th- I think he's definitely capable of coming back. He said he was feeling much better today when we talked to him on Zoom. Um, and I think there's an understanding that, hey, like, you got a little knee soreness, um, but but let's go. We, we got to go. And, and he's, he's obviously one of the guys who's most capable of hitting threes and he hasn't shown it he's just one for 13 in the series but he does have a way of when the lakers turn to him um, and say hey you got to be a scorer and he is looking for a shot then he's he's a little bit better and a little more aggressive
3: Dennis Schroeder's season has been uh, underwhelming, let's put it that way, at least from the Lakers' perspective. He's provided a lot of what the Lakers were looking for, but turns down the contract reportedly, gets the health and safety violation at the absolute worst time. It seems as if a lot of pressure is on him to really perform in this game, because those moments that LeBron can't play, Dennis Schroeder better be on his A game, and he better bring Montrez Harrell around. For the ride. What have you seen from him so far in the series, talking about Schroeder, and what do you expect from him in this upcoming game?
1: Um, I mean, to be honest, um, I think the, his biggest um, shortcoming as a player in this series has been when LeBron leaves the floor, the offense is in total disarray. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the stat that tells you that is when LeBron's on the floor, the Lakers are winning by 37 points when LeBron's off the floor, the Lakers are losing by 33. I mean, that, that's a huge swing. That's a 70-point swing um, so from when LeBron is on to when LeBron is off. And, and if you have – if Dennis Schroeder is a point guard and, and we really are calling him, you know, a point guard, like your job is to kind of direct things. And, and I think the thing I've seen is he's really only making, hey, you know, you set a sc- screen for me and we'll run this action – and it's not an all-five-guy game uh, when Dennis is on the floor. So he, he didn't get it done scoring in the last game, three for 13, and he only had three assists, and, and that was as many as Mark Gasol did. Um, and Mark Gasol arguably does a better job getting the other four guys on the court where they're supposed to go. So I think if Dennis Schroeder really wants that big contract this offseason, and, and the report is he's looking for $100 million, right? <laughs> You've got to be the guy. Who, when when you're the, the organizer on the floor, you're actually organizing that you're telling the five guys, hey, this is what we're doing, this is where like I'm gonna be able to see you from the other side of the court, I'm gonna be able to make the skip pass. And I, I don't I haven't seen Dennis Schroeder playmate to that level in this series.
5: Kyle, right now the Lakers not only are they a series underdog, but they are an underdog tomorrow night, about a five point underdog in most spots. Uh, How do you see this game unfolding uh, tomorrow night in Phoenix with the likelihood of A.D. being out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see certainly a better version of the Lakers than they came out in the second half. I think there was a little bit of shell shock from, hey, A.D. is not coming out, by the way, guys. Like, like they only got that notice, like, 30 seconds before they took the court. Um, Kyle Kuzma told us, yeah, 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, I get told, hey, I got to start for AD. So I think there was just shell shock that whole third quarter. They get outscored by 12 in that frame. Then they're able to cobble together something that that looks like competent offense and they get within seven with, you know, a couple minutes left. So I, I think we've seen that from the Lakers, that they can use their experience, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, that game one loss, they still had a chance to come back. They were just missing shots. They were just not They, they missed seven, uh, six or seven shots in one stretch, including shots by LeBron and AD. So they, they've, they've been mounting these comebacks and they've looked competent even when um, you know, they've, they've played you know, three quarters of less than competent. And I think with a day of planning, if they know, hey, AD isn't going to play tomorrow, and, and maybe he does, but it seems doubtful right now. Um, if, if they know AD is going to play tomorrow, they're going to come with a a more competent game plan. They're going to be ready, and I think the role players are going to be a little more aggressive than they have been in this series.
5: And Kyle, before we let you run, we got about 60 seconds. Do you think the Lakers win this series?
1: Yeah, man. It's really hard to pick against LeBron James. (laughs) I I, I think, look, I mean, credit to the Suns, because they have been so good. It's it's really, if, if they lose this series, it'll be undersold how good of a team they were. They've been very composed. But I, just, I just have this feeling that, the, you know, the Lakers have so much experience. and have such an edge in that. I mean, if this goes seven games and LeBron is in a game seven, um, that just seems like an unwinnable situation for the Sun. So I think they have to win. I think they have to win the next two games because if this goes seven, I, I give the edge to LeBron. And, and if, if the Lakers win in game five tomorrow night, Win on Suns' home court. You think LeBron's going to give up a chance to, to win on his home court? So that's what I foresee out of this. I think the pressure's on the Suns.
5: You can file Kyle on Twitter, at Kyle Goon. That's G-O-O-N. He covers the Lakers for the Orange County Register. Kyle, great stuff. Appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Dieter, you believe the Lakers win this series. Yes. Six or Seven. Seven. I agree too. I, I think we showed those odds at Draftkings and by the way, we'll chat with Johnny Avello, sportsbook director of Draftkings uh, in just a moment. I like him in four I like him in seven two. I, I think this is going seven. Um, I know there will be the cynics out saying that eh, the NBA might have their hands in here a little bit. <laughs> Never. May now you may not be wrong, uh, but at four to one on the Lakers to win in seven, I, that is intriguing. Um, that that is an intriguing play there. Uh, and you know, once again, if you think the Phoenix Suns are going to take it home, their odds on right now. So
3: maybe a different way to
5: look at it in six or in seven.
3: I, I just don't like the odds for for the Suns to win in seven. There, that's a lot of that's a lot of juice for home court advantage. Yeah. It's, it's wild to me. And if AD is. He, he's going to play in game seven.
5: Yeah. If there's a game seven, AD's playing, and I think the Lakers are a favorite. So, yeah, if, if you like the Suns in seven, you might be better off uh, <laughs> waiting. We'll talk to Johnny Avello, get you updated. Overtime winner in Boston. It's a nightcap here on Beason.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip. I thought.
3: Zumo Play.